Blue Wire. Osweiler in trouble. Osweiler brought down Khalil Mack. Oh, here comes Bullshit. Griffin without a helmet. J.J. Watt will always put his fingerprints on a game. Steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Darius Leonard, the maniac. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne, and this show is presented by Blue Wire. So I'm excited to bring you this show this week after week 11 is in the books. Uh, it was a pretty fun week. There were some some really good games out there, some surprises, as there usually is. I think what stood out to me the most from an offensive-defensive line perspective were a couple things. The first is Quentin Nelson is back 100%. I mean, at least it looks like it. You know, in the last podcast last week, I mentioned how the last few weeks he wasn't really himself. He's dealing with, I believe, a hip and ankle uh, you know, injuries. Um, so he had a few weeks there where he wasn't really able to do what he normally does. Still a very good player regardless. But if you watch him from the beginning through the, re- the, the entire season, you could see a little bit of a down downturn there. Um, but this past week against Jacksonville, I mean, the Colts offensive line as a whole really probably played their best game of the year. They controlled the entire game, and they really dominated up front, but it was led by Quentin Nelson. Uh, there was a clip that I found of him that I posted on Twitter, and it, was, it had shades of the play against Georgia when he was at Notre Dame when he picked up that safety that was blitzing on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. This time it was a linebacker blitz. Uh, Miles Jack from the Jaguars came down basically outside of the right tackle. It was a full slide opposite direction, and Quentin read the linebacker blitz and came across the formation, picked up Miles Jack, and finished him into the ground. And it was just unreal. I mean, the, the mental processing that was on display on that one rep that he's displayed over you know, numerous times over the last few years that I've been watching him is just remarkable. And that's really what makes him so special. I mean, not only is he as physically dominant as anybody, his mental processing is also elite. Uh, just and, and it allows him to play extremely fast. So, yeah, he, he's a special player. That was a special play. It's really cool that it kind of went viral, really. I mean, at this point, uh, it has 725,000 views on Twitter, uh, over th- almost three and a half thousand retweets um, and you know people love great offensive line play like that so it's it's just cool that I was able to find that and I think be the first one to post it online I'm just you know honestly that's a big reason why I do what I do is because plays like this often maybe not this special but special type of plays for offensive line get overlooked all the time and it's like they never happen because people just don't see them outside of the teams you know, and, and, you know, their weekly film film studies and, you know, when they go into the room and, and watch, you know, as a group or as a team or whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's really an honor for me to be able to, you know, have this platform that's building uh, on Twitter primarily, but also places like Facebook and even uh, Patreon and, and things like that to where I can really kind of get this stuff out there and, and, you know, hopefully people can appreciate line play more. But, um, you know, that, that play by Quinn Nelson was special. Uh, one of probably the best play of the year, honestly, from from an offensive line perspective. But that entire game for him, I posted another clip. It was I think like above 30 seconds or so, longer than 30 seconds. I mean, 
Uh, and it was him doing things in the run game that were just special, more mental processing stuff. There was a play where there was a gap exchange. There was a three technique over, or excuse me, I think it was, was it a three technique? Maybe a five technique over Costanzo's outside shoulder. And he was slanting inside to the B gap. And there was a linebacker blitzing right behind him to cover where he was lined up. And Quentin Nelson was climbing to the second level or in route to the second level. And he read it out of his peripheral and slowed down pretty much immediately and was able to catch that slanting five technique and cover up the B gap. And then I don't know if it was Marlon Mack or one of the running backs was able to get through right basically right behind him because he was able to recognize that as quickly as he did. And then he had several like dominant pancakes in that game as well uh, that were just incredible. I mean, uh, Tav- Taven Bryan uh, from, I think he went to Florida, was it a uh, defensive lineman for Jacksonville? I mean, he got he got mauled in that game. Uh, that was the most I've seen him play. <clears throat> he may have played, you know, quite a bit earlier in the year, but I, I just didn't see it. Uh, so he got quite a few snaps in that game, and he, he just got wrecked basically by Nelson. Um, not too much of a you know, a slight on his part, you know, because Nelson is what he is. But still, that, that wasn't a good game for him by any means. He, he didn't look very good in that one. Um, so th- that really stood out to me, I think, more than anything. And then also I have to mention the Raiders uh, again. You know, granted, it's the Bengals. But, I mean, I thought what they did on the ground especially was just they were dominant. Uh, you know, the Bengals are the Bengals. You know, they're 0-10. <laughs> but their defensive line isn't bad. I mean, Geno Atkins is still a very good player. Andrew Billings is maybe the strongest dude in the league. Uh, he, you know, he's a, a world-class power lifter, and a lot of it translates, honestly, uh, to the field. Um, he's just, he's a tank, basically, in the middle. And, I mean, what the Raiders were able to do, especially Richie Incognito, you know, I've talked about him in the past. I think he's probably been the best left guard in the NFL this year, I just think he's been a little bit more consistent than Quentin Nelson, even though Nelson's highs are higher. Uh, I think Incognito or him are the no-brainers for first and second team All-Pro this year, uh, barring something crazy happening. Uh, but anyway, him and Colton Miller and him and Rodney Hudson, but primarily him and Colton Miller on that left side, I mean, they, they are just moving people every week. Um, and I haven't seen Geno Atkins get pushed around like that maybe ever. Uh, so credit to the Raiders offensive line in that one. They were they were pretty dominant. Uh, they're they're a lot of fun to watch. And another game that I went over. I mean, I just finished an article. So this is kind of outside the purview of offensive and defensive line play in the trenches. But just to mention it real quick, I have an article dropping. This is I'm recording this Wednesday night. Uh, I'm, I have an article dropping on the Athletic tomorrow about Cortland Sutton the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos in his second year out of SMU, 6'4", 216, ideal size, great body control, outstanding ball skills, um, and he has a really large catch radius, uh, really a 79 and one-fourth wingspan, which is in like the 82nd percentile in the NFL. He, he tested really well. He only ran like a 4'5", 4, 4, uh, which is enough speed, but uh, as far as downfield deep threat wise, I mean, this dude is elite. Uh, he, he's had a remarkable year. Uh, the Broncos offense has only scored 24 points twice this whole season. I think they're like 25th in total offense. But if not for Sutton, I think they'd be a lot worse. Another little 
nugget there is the Broncos, I believe, from the article, they have eight plays of 40-plus yards the entire season, and Sutton has six of them. Um, so he's really like the whole offense. It's it's pretty incredible what he's been able to do, and he sees a lot of double coverage as well. Against Minnesota this past week, he had five for 113, and he got doubled a lot, especially in obviously like critical passing situations, third downs uh, late in the fourth when the Broncos were trying to come back. I mean, they were doubling him you know, numerous times. And if not just straight up doubling him, then they were capping him with the safety, uh, you know, with man coverage underneath, things like that. So, And he was still able to produce against a very good defense nonetheless. So, yeah, Sutton's a, a special player, I think. And at least, you know, the Broncos have a lot of questions, but I think for sure they have a number one receiver, and not too many teams can say that. He just turned 24 in October. Uh, so he, he's a very exciting player, and I've really broke him down uh, for this article that's coming out. So if you have The Athletic, uh, be sure to check that one out. And let's see. I watched a, a lot of Lamar Jackson um, and just the Ravens' offensive line. Ronnie Stanley continues to have a case for definitely the Pro Bowl. Um, all pro, maybe. Uh, you know, I kind of lean towards Toronto Armstead. That's somebody else I wanted to talk about a little bit more in depth because we don't have too much time uh, before I have we get to an interview. Tron Armstead had a great game. Uh, I posted a clip of him doing a fake jump set on my Twitter account, which is it was just nasty. Uh, he did it against uh, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, him and Ramchek basically shut down, you know, Barrett, JPP, everyone they went against. Same, they already did that to, to Tampa earlier in the year as well. Um, so they're just playing lights out. But I don't want to get too deep into the rabbit hole here of all my notes from scouting this week. But hopefully that. That was enjoyable for you guys, insightful. Uh, but I wanted to go to an interview I have right now with Los Angeles Rams center Brian Allen. So Brian recently tore his meniscus, his MCL, and he's out for the year. He had surgery yesterday, I believe. Um, so I got to talk to him before he went into surgery. Not right before, but the day before. And we had a great conversation about his career so far. Uh, a lot of cool things. I mean, all three of his brothers have played or play at Michigan State. They all play center. They're all state champion wrestlers. So it's, he has a really cool story. So I got to talk to him, and it was a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. And definitely tune in next week because I have a lot more uh, fun and insightful things planned for you guys. So here's Brian Allen. Ever see an untouched button-down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. So Untuck It shirts fit my frame very well, and, you know, I've been frustrated in the past shirt shopping. I'm kind of in between a large and an extra large. And Untucked shirts do a really nice job with them, with their material and design of fitting my body. And they can customize them to fit your body as well. So I definitely recommend checking them out. And this is whether you're shopping for a holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own. Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE 
for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, everybody, I'm here with Ram Center Brian Allen. Brian, welcome to the show and thanks for doing this. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So I know right now is sort of a, it's an unfortunate time for you uh, as far as the injury you just sustained. And tomorrow you're actually having surgery and uh, it was for an MCL and meniscus. Um, you know, can you just talk a little bit about how that went down and, and then more so just what your, what your rehab is looking like uh, moving forward and, and just uh, sort of the time frame in that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, last week in Pittsburgh, just, uh, you know, unfortunate play. Had a guy get tackled into me just getting rolled up, you know, one of the many common injuries that happens amongst offensive linemen. So, unfortunately, it was, uh, you know, just wrong place, wrong time type thing. So, uh, um, unfortunately, you know, done for the year, which is a huge bummer to me, you know, looking forward to, you know, what we had the rest of the season and, you know, a chance to go get one of these playoff spots in the NFC, so. Well, that obviously sucks having to sit out that, but, um, yeah, you know, I should be, uh, ready to go, you know, once OTAs comes around. So fortunately, you know, you never want to get injured, but it happened at the best time if it had to happen. So I'll be, uh, ready to go for the off season and stuff like that. So just, uh, you know, like you said, surgery tomorrow and start rehabbing this thing, get ready to go. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that does suck, but it's, it's obviously, a part of the game and you know offensive linemen getting rolled up I mean that sucks but you just saw it even yesterday like Jason Peters got rolled up and you know it just it's like it could take out anybody but you know sucks that happened man but I, I mean I'm sure you're going to attack the process and be back better next year and that's something I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, but first I, I really wanted to go back just just briefly and, and talk about your college career and the fact that I mean you have two other brothers so there's three of you guys that have all played center at Michigan State and I believe all three of you have won a state championship in wrestling too is that correct yeah so uh yeah all three of my brothers well two of my brothers me included were uh you know high school state wrestling champs we only only won once all three of us so I think we were in the finals probably eight finals between the three of us somewhere around that number so uh you know, wrestling was obviously a uh, you know pretty important in our lives, and then I had the chance to play with Jack for two years at Michigan State. Then my little brother Matt for two years. So pretty uh, pretty cool experience to get to play with both of them. And then you know I actually played guard with my older brother, so getting to play next to him was uh, you know something unique that you know you don't get to see that often, which was uh, pretty special. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really impressive football family, uh, and the fact that there's three brothers that are all centers I think is, is really cool and uh state champion state champion wrestlers too do you guys have sort of a rivalry going between you three as far as like bragging rights who, who do you think was the best wrestler is it a consensus or do you each kind of think that about yourselves um I'd, I'd say as we grew older the bragging rights kind of you know slowed down wasn't as uh not as bad as when we were younger. It was obviously very competitive, you know, growing up with all three of us in there. So, um, you know, me personally being the competitive guy, I might, I like to think I'm the best wrestler. And, uh, I don't know if my other brothers would admit that to me, but you know, I, I know they admit it to other people when I'm not around. So I'll, I'll take the claim for that one. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, the fact that all three of you are high level wrestlers, uh, is, is really cool. And, 
you see that with a lot of offensive linemen when I've dug into some of the backgrounds on these guys. A lot of the times, especially on the interior, guys have wrestled at a high level. I know Austin Blythe, your teammate, uh, was a pretty good wrestler. Uh, I remember studying him coming out of Iowa and, and seeing that on, on kind of his resume as well. What do you think about wrestling helps play offensive line? So, like, How do you think it translates so well? Is it just the use of leverage? And if so, can you just kind of talk about maybe some of the details you think that make it such a, such a you know, kind of a help for offensive linemen? Yeah, I, I would say a lot of it is just understanding leverage, you know, like you said, and then understanding angles. A lot of, uh, you know, wrestling, a lot of offensive attacks in wrestling is, uh, you know, defeating a guy's hips, putting him on an angle he doesn't want to be on and using that against him. So, uh, you know, I've wrestled since, you know, I was four years old. That was the first sport I got involved in. So you know, since that age, I've been working on manipulating guys' angles and understanding leverage and getting them at an angle where I can use leverage to my, you know, my favor and, I think just being in those positions, you know, pretty regularly, you know, throughout my, you know, youth athletic career, if you will. Um, and you just understand where guys are going and, and feeling what they want to do before, you know, other offensive linemen feel that. I would say that's the biggest thing that you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but I think you just understand, you know, what, what's trying to be done or what's trying to be done to you a little bit quicker than guys who haven't experienced that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I think that's something that you could see on film as well translate, uh, which is really cool. But, you know, so going into your, your your pro career, you had 38 starts in college. And it's really cool because and really valuable because you've played pretty much every interior position, center and left guard a little bit more. But just having that experience coming in as a rookie and then being able to, to play here and there, um, a lot of special teams. And the fact that you were a part of a team that went deep into the playoffs and into a Super Bowl, I think that's probably you know, that probably gave you a little bit of insight that most rookies don't get. And uh, I don't know, could you talk a little bit about that and what it was like going into the playoffs with your team? And, and did anything change in terms of maybe preparation for you guys? Uh, like, did the intensity ramp up? Was it noticeable? I was just curious about that as well. Yeah, um, you know, my rookie year was honestly a huge blessing, you know, in disguise coming in where there was already established veteran center, you know, and John Sullivan and just being able to, you know, be behind him and see things through his lens and you know, kind of sit back for the first year and study, you know, professional defenses and understand them more and more, you know, you don't, you don't get that in college, you know, like you said, the 38 starts, whatever, I think 51 games or something I played in college. You, you just don't, you don't see what you see on Sundays. So, you know, to be able to come in and be behind him for the whole year and, you know, just learn from him, I think was huge. And um, I kind of took the approach to, you know, practice as if I'm the starter, prepare as if I'm the starter. So I think having that, you know, mindset throughout the whole first year where I wasn't actually having to play and I could, you know, prepare Monday through Saturday like I was and be behind him and see what was going on was a, was really big for me and I think as the you know we got down the stretch and things got closer and things got more important and every you could just see everybody locking in and buying in more and more you know more than they already had which was you know impressive from the start so I think being a young guy and being around guys that you know you could see their you know their leadership and their work effort you know coming down the stretch and how important you know those games really were to them and to the team was, uh, you know, pretty pivotal to me as a young guy, just seeing how important this really is, you know, not that it wasn't already, but, you know, they just 
kind of stress the message that, you know, getting the Super Bowl, you know, clinching the division, stuff like that, that doesn't happen every year. And, uh, you know, just to enjoy it and, you know, realize that hard work's what got you there and, you know, seeing all those guys and stuff like that. I think that's the coolest thing, just getting to be around guys like that every day to push you. And, you know, it's an awesome environment to be in. So grateful for that. And you know, that kind of propelled me into my, my first year getting to actually play. So you know, I think once my career is over, looking back on it, that first year really has given me a good foundation to go forward. Yeah, I'm sure it has. And that room that you were in uh, is really impressive in terms of the experience that the guys had, you know, with Sullivan, Roger Saffold, Andrew Whitworth, uh, and then, you know, just being a part of, the, you know, seeing what those what those guys do throughout the week and all that, I'm sure it was extremely valuable. And, you know, now going into your, you know, second season, you still had Whitworth with you on that line. Specifically with him, is there anything about his career and sort of how he carries himself or prepares that is that is really stuck with you or something that that you have learned from him that stands out yeah i mean just just the the guy who he is the way he prepares the way he, you know works out the way he eats you know his diet everything i mean he's a you know perfect example for you know for a young guy to look at and see every day and work and you know i think that's again the most you know, motivating thing is when you see a guy who's had that type of success in the room, just, you know, you have a guy like that who has all the answers, you know, a guy that you can go to and ask questions about, bounce ideas off of, and, you know, he's seen everything. So, you know, to have a, have, have a guy like that, not every room has a guy who's, you know, played 13, 14 years in the NFL and shit, how many 38 year olds are still doing it? So, you know, to have him and, you know, he sets the example. And, you know, I think, you know, like you alluded to earlier, having guys like Roger Saffold, Sullivan, him, you know, Havenstein, who's done things at a high level, just they really give you the, you know, the picture on what it takes to be great and what it takes to be successful in that league. And, you know, it's not a secret. You know, all the all the good guys that I've been around, all of them are the hardest workers. All of them are the most detailed. All of them, you know, football is the most important thing in their lives. So, you know, that's always been the case for me, but, you know, these guys, you know, they do it at a higher level. So, you know, being a young guy, it's just continuing to try and match them and continuing to try to be more detailed, more focused and continue to make football, you know, the biggest priority, you know, not that it's not, but the way these guys do it is uh, impressive and, you know, just set the standard for, for young guys like me to look up to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Whitworth is a—he's kind of a legend in the game, really. I mean, he has over. Looking at it now, he has 205 career starts. Uh, anytime he can get that high up there, uh, just the things that you've seen—I'm sure it's just invaluable. He's probably just like a, just an encyclopedia of, of knowledge for offensive line play. So that's really, really cool. Yeah, and like even little technique stuff with him, like anything that comes up, you know, he's seen it or done it, and he's got little little tricks, little technique things here and there that, you know, he says and, you know, makes perfect sense. And you can just feel that everything align with what he's saying. And, you know, to have a teammate like that, that you can, you know, believe in and go to is, uh, has been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going into, well, well staying in, staying in the room, if, if you will, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your offensive line coach, Aaron Cromer, who is somebody that I've pointed out has, has been a really good, coach in the league in terms of his track record of development with guys and just the production he's been able to get throughout his career, like most recently with the Bills before the Rams, um, just coaching really high-level run games um, and things like that. It, could you just 
give us a little bit of insight into his coaching style and maybe, you know, I was curious just if there was like a, a pet peeve of his, like with technique or, or just something distinct about him that, that stands out to you. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's honestly been a big blessing just to, uh, you know, come into the NFL and, you know, have a coach who's, you know, well-known around the league and track record, you know, shows that and shows that he can coach guys and get them to play at a high level. So, you know, just being a fan, you know, of football and being a fan of offensive line is, you know, pretty cool to be in a room with a guy who's, you know, coach guys like Incognito and his days in Oakland and Chicago and, you know, being in Tampa. Like, he's he's coached all these guys you grow up looking up to, you know, watching and always being a fan of to, you know, now being coached by him is just something pretty special in itself. But, you know, everything's, uh, you know, clear, honest, open communication, you know, in our room. You know, that's kind of, you know, what we preach, you know, with the Rams. So, I think it's good from that standpoint, you know, you can come out, say whatever you're thinking, ask whatever you're thinking about. And you know, the whole room, it's an open dialogue. And I think that's the coolest thing about, you know, what he does in his room, just because, you know, he, you know, enables the players to, to really talk about it and really think about what's going on and you know, have a conversation when it comes to anything. So I think that's uh, you know, a pretty special thing about him. And just the, the way he conducts the room is, uh, is pretty cool. And it's honestly one of the, most exciting things I have to look forward to, you know, going into a day, just getting in the old line room, being around the guys. And, you know, that's the culture he's created. So I, I'd say that's the biggest thing. And as far as technique standpoint, I think, you know, everything he's taught me is the most efficient, you know, most, you know, successful way, you know, things have happened in my career. So you know, being able to be around him and just hear how he thinks about offensive line has been, uh, been cool. It's hard to like pinpoint one specific thing because, Every day I'm learning something new, and every day I'm, you know, sharpening things up. So you know, he's definitely a great coach and, you know, knows a lot and very knowledgeable about the position. So thankful to have a guy like that, you know, leading our room. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's, he's a, I'm sure, a really cool guy to be around. I've read a lot of cool things, good stories from him and talked to people who've played for him in the past, and they all just nothing but good things. So that's that's cool to hear from from you as well. And, you know, the last thing I wanted to talk about here was just – kind of your season up until the injury you guys went five and four in that time and you saw you definitely had some success uh, you know as a group um, maybe a little bit up and down overall but uh, there was also like we talked to off air you know a lot of different lineups that you guys went through uh, I, I thought that you and you know, left guard Joe Noteboom were just starting to really learn each other and play well together and then he went down um, and then, you know, so having to just constantly adjust like that is definitely important context. I think that people don't, you know, talk about enough with offensive line play, but could you talk a little bit about just your season and maybe, you know, what was the toughest part for you and maybe the area that you felt most comfortable at in your, in your nine games? Yeah. You know, I think I learned a lot about myself as a player, you know, just going forward, knowing that. You know, I can, you know, play at this level and I can, you know, I, I think moving forward, play at a pretty high level. So, you know, I definitely learned a lot of things. I definitely had my, you know, fair share of rookie, uh, say rookie mistakes or just doing stuff where you go back and watch it. And it's like, you know, I know better. I know better technique here. Just where I'm, you know, not to make excuses. I mean, you, you do dumb stuff as a young player. Any older player will tell you that you got to learn. And sometimes it's by trial and error. So, you know, I think I, uh, you know, in those nine games, I, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I, you know, I felt pretty good. I felt, you know, physical in all of them and, and stuff like that. So, 
I think the, the, the shittiest part about being hurt is, you know, each week you saw, you know, I would improve at one thing, you know, I would work on one thing and it'd get better. And, you know, I'd cross that off the list and go to the next thing. So, you know, eventually you want to get that, you know, list down the, the most minimal things as possible, but, you know, the best center in the NFL, he's got a list of things he's working on. So, you know, you're always working. And I think the the fact that, you know, the in-game area where I can, you know, keep improving and keep getting better, you know, I think that part sucks just because it's over. So, I mean, now all I have is, you know, my experience to, you know, look back on and to learn from and to grow from. But, you know, like I like I said in those nine games, that you know, I think it was pretty encouraging. Just you know, I don't I don't think I played a guy this year who beat me other than myself. So you know, I think as being a young guy, you know, I, I know I can do it going forward, and you know, I know I can continue to get better, and you know, I know I have a you know high ceiling, and I think I'm already playing you know at a decent level for being a young guy. So I think that's encouraging and exciting, and you know, I think honestly the hardest part of the year is going to be you know, what's to come, you know, just being at the game last night, being in a booth and seeing that, you know, I played football for when I'm 24, I've played since I was seven. So played for a long time. And, you know, last night was the first football game I actually missed, you know, due to injury. So it's a, you know, unique position to be in that I've never been in before. So, you know, just being around the team, but not actually being a player is a, I don't know, kind of, kind of weird, weird feeling right now. Weird, uh, position I've been in but um you know, as far as moving forward I think you know just to have the film that I have to learn from and the experience I have to, to grow from you know, throughout my football career I think every season I go into you know I can clearly feel that I'm you know better from the previous season so you know, I'm going to take those experiences and learn what I learn what I can and learn what I have from them and you know continue to grow and uh you know, just know that I'm never going to be a finished product and keep working and keep getting better. And I think I, uh, you know, I have a long way to go, but, you know, I think I have a, a lot I can build on. And, you know, good, uh, once I get past this injury, it'll be uh, positive, you know, going forward. And I think I'll be in a good spot to, you know, keep getting better. Yeah, I think that's well said for sure. And sounds like you got the perfect mindset moving forward. Uh, is there like when you're, you know, during this time and then even prior to this, did you or do you study other offensive linemen across the league? And um, do you try to sort of like find, you know, situations that you both have encountered or players that you both played and maybe get tips from them? Is there any other centers that you, you like to watch? And if so, who? Yeah, um, you know, I think it's kind of tough during the year to, you know, specifically pull out games and watch other players just because you're focused on the game plan. You're focused on, you know, the personnel you're playing, stuff like that. So a lot of the stuff you see during the year is other offenses playing that defense. So I think that's a cool part of, you know, film study, just being able to see the other offenses around the league and how they do things. And, you know, yeah, you definitely think about how guys, you know, play other guys, you know, you watch a guy like Vita Vea, you know, not understanding how heavy he is going to the game or, stuff like that just seeing the way he pushes offensive linemen around and you know how much ground they give and stuff like that so you know you definitely compare you know stuff like that to, to other centers and try and you know gauge where you you'll be and you know where you think you are with other players but as far as like learning technique and stuff like that from other players I think you know from you know being a young player there's there's stuff I can pull from everybody but um you know specifically I like watch Jason Kelsey just because you know he's a smaller guy like me and you know kind of quick and fast and uses that to his advantage and I think I you know do a pretty good job of that so I like to watch him um 
shit. He, he's the first one that comes to mind, but you know, there's, there's a lot of good players in this league and, you know, you know, a lot of players you can learn from and watch from and take stuff. And honestly, there's players who, you know, who aren't good in this league and you see them do something good and, you know, it kind of gets you thinking and sparks a thought and stuff like that. So it really isn't, I mean, you obviously learn more from, you know, the better guys success obviously leaves clues, but you know, everyone in the league, you know, has something to offer, I think. So I think you just got to, you know, research, you know, what you like and, you know, know what's useful to you and reject, you know, what's not useless to you. I think that's a Bruce Lee quote I just used, but and then you add, add what you like to your toolbox. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of film you can watch. I mean, you know more than anybody how much film's out there. So there's always good stuff to see and it's always exciting to, you know, see other guys do good stuff and, you know, see it be successful and then, you know, try and use it in your own game. And, you know, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, you know, you keep looking for the next thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. And last question is, I was just wondering for this year in the games that you played, was there one guy that stood out to you as the toughest guy to block? Was it Vea or was it somebody else? Yeah, I would say the guy who gave me the most trouble um, was probably Cam Hayward. So I only got to experience that for a quarter, but, you know, he's a guy who uses his length really well. And he plays like a guy who's, you know, strong as shit, big as shit, you know, and he's fast, he's smart. You know, you could just tell he he was, uh, you know, clearly a lot better than, you know, other guys that played this year. He's definitely getting my nod for, for the best I played this year for sure. So and that's, that's another thing I keep coming back to being injured. You know, you, you look forward to playing those guys. You look forward to playing different guys and just – feeling them out and stuff like that. So, I mean, coming in the last night, you know, just seeing Akeem Hicks in person, he's a, you know, pretty impressive guy and, you know, as good as he is, you know, you just being an offensive lineman, you start seeing those guys and thinking, you know, I want to play them, you know, knowing they're pretty good and, you know, just, just feeling them and seeing what they have to offer. So I think that's a, you know, cool thing as well. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I'll get out of here on that one. So I appreciate you taking the time doing this again sure everybody's going to really enjoy listening to this and yeah just best of luck moving forward and with your rehab and you know excited to watch you again next year appreciate it thanks for having me on absolutely